Here we go again. Here we are. Um, Hi, I'm Jeremy Renta. And I'm Amy (laughs) Solara, and this is Mantra Mantra and Magic. Magic. Yeah. So we are talking today about planetary mantra, planetary magic. That's that good stuff. That's that good, good. (laughs) I think it's fitting during Mercury and retrograde. We definitely need to be working with some Mercury. I will say that. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because people, I mean, they give this time such a bad rap, right? Like you hear, oh, my God, it's going to be Mercury in retrograde. Don't sign any contracts. Don't book any flights or hotels and everything's going to go wrong. Well, it's living in such a fear mentality. I think Mercury is just reminding us that we need to review things before we post them or send the message or the email i don't know how do you feel about it i feel like every single time we have any type of retrograde it's like hey have you been paying attention to the lessons that the universe has been trying to to tell you maybe you should be looking at that like saturn you know as it comes around and it does its thing whenever we have that in retrograde it's like are you just kind of a lot of times we just go along with life you know like luckily mercury because it happens the retrograde happens what like three to four times a year it happens relatively often every year um it's Which is better because it's it's the representative of our mind and exactly our brain works yeah exactly so like as long as, long as we are communicative communicative creatures which we are <laughs> we need to be able to make sure that we're expressing ourselves in the way that we need to that our message is coming across clearly this really does tie back into magic and i don't know if you're going to make this point but like it is, you were supposed to be single focused on the things that you're doing. You know, we get so easily distracted now, and I'll say supposed to, but we get so easily distracted nowadays because we have Instagram, because we have all these other things that are like trying to catch our attention. And in magic, you know, you cast your circle, you, you, you know, you set your corners, you call in whatever guide you're working with, and then you go to work, but you have to always have in mind that 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 safe space is set that you set it and that you are still maintaining it and whatever that you're putting into the universe. If you, if you put out a spell, if you're casting, you know, whatever it is, you have to be able to be aware of it so that it's there, like at least in the back of your mind, like that's the reason why we journal. It's the reason why when we set intentions, we put it down and you come back and you review it. You don't fixate on it because if you do that, a lot of times the energy gets stuck and stagnant, but if you're reminded of it, if something comes along like Mercury in retrograde that says every couple of months, hey, maybe you should review what happened in the past four months, you're going to be a lot more likely to achieve the goals that you've set for yourself. You're going to actually be able to stick with something, and you're going to make sure that you're being truthful and honest in everything that you're presenting. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I will say more step to that beyond um, being mindful while you're working magic, being very, very careful with your choice of words. And this gets mm-hmm. like repeated in so many different places, like in the four agreements, being true to your word in um, Egyptian magic, where like the exact word that's going to be used is going to affect things so carefully in Sanskrit. And this is why we're getting back to the mantras is when you say a specific word, you're activating that magical Lotus on the petals, like, within your body and if you say the wrong one you're activating a different one so you have to yeah. be so careful <laughs> with what you say because if you say clean versus cream it's like those two very different energies and the energetics is, yeah it's going to definitely be different in the way that it shows up and whatever the spell you're casting and it could probably or possibly derail the, the thing that you put into effect or something else that's connected to right. it right it's like the butterfly effect if the butterfly flew yes. the other way or like if it flaps mm-hmm. wings once instead of twice, which is how syllables work. And I think that's why right. I'm so mindful when I swear. It's less that I'm like, oh, that's vulgar. I actually really like to say the words like fut, fuck. Like I like to swear, but I don't uh-huh. do it because I feel like it shifts the energy in a very specific way. So I only use it as like extreme emphasis. Um Exactly. It's intention, yeah. whatever you're putting into it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize when they say like, oh, she was all like, and they were like, and I was like, I'm like, were you like that? Or were you that? <laughs> Let's clarify that as well. Because we're so casual with our language. And it's something that we Americans have always been 
very berated for mm-hmm. <laughs> from other countries where we're like speaking not um to our potential essentially right and other countries especially people who are are new to the english language are so much more careful with their words because in their languages like there are different words for these things and so they have to be very mindful about how they put their sentences together whereas most people that are raised here in the united states are so super casual that when it comes to magic and when it comes to mantra it's an entirely foreign idea to be this careful with what's coming out of your mouth Right. And I think that is one of the things that's problematic with, um, with Western esoteric traditions uh, when, when it comes to not understanding. Like there's, there's so much woo when it comes to any energy work or, or magic. Like one of the reasons I really like ceremonial magic is because it's been practiced. People see what the results are. And you know what you're, you're like, it may seem like pomp and circumstance, the robes, the way that you have your altar set up or the way that you have the, the, the vault set up whenever things are, 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 are um, I don't even know once what a, a ceremony has started. I don't do okay. magic. I do eclectic witchcraft, which is entirely different. So go ahead. Right. So, well, with, uh, with a lot of the Golden Dawn stuff, there's, you know, you have the room set up in a specific way to call in those certain energies. Mm-hmm. You're making the space, you're setting the space for those energetics to come in, for whatever the, the focus of attention is on each wall, you know, how you're bringing the energy in from the West, how you're bringing the energy in from the South. Um, so you, you do this so that you, you know the rules and then you can play inside of that. It's, it's, it's an art. That's the reason why it's called a mystical art. It's just like music. You learn, the, you learn how to play guitar, you learn tablature, you learn how to read music, and then you can go off and you can make whatever you want to with it, but you have to have a bit of a structure to understand what the boundaries are and, and you know, what, it, what the sounds are that are going to be made inside of that boundary. Right. And then you have jazz, which is, you know, <laughs> jazz is just kind of all over it's the improvisational. place. Improvisational. And um, I think that's actually what eclectic witchcraft does. Where right. we, we stem from very traditional practices, whether it's Wicca, whether it's the Golden Dawn, whether it's Salima, um, even things like Asatru, the Norse religion, or Druidism, and European shamanic witchcraft, like there's so many different heritages and traditions and lineages that have led to the teachers that I've worked under. And it mm-hmm. really is like a, a choose your own adventure story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that comes the carefulness of like, this particular part really resonates with me. And this is why, like, I have to know why there's always a reason behind it all. And I draw upon Hindu mythology, which I know you do as well. And I draw upon um, Celtic mythology and Egyptian mythology, especially that really resonates with me. And for the longest time, I used a lot of Greek and Roman pantheon. So that's familiar, but I'm not using it as much now, except in the form of planets. And so for me, I think, that's starting to really tie in the East and the West because the planets Mm -hmm. are universal. Right. And the energetics of the planets is also universal, whether it's Mercury or, you know, whichever God, whatever, uh, whichever country you're talking about (laughs) it from, it all has the same vibe to it. So that also makes me, you know, think that obviously this stuff came from a a much older civilization. It's not just the Greeks or the Latin or, or, you know, Mm -hmm whether it's Hindu, it's, these, these were things that people have been studying the stars for, you know, I want to, I want to say longer than centuries, whatever that would be like thousands, millennia. tens of thousands. Thank millennia. you. Yes. Being specific so, with words. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, that's a completely different subject. us talking about astrology, but the, the whole idea of like what the energies are, it makes me kind of wonder, how it was and what it was that people saw in those energies. Because again, from our understanding of what the, the not too distant past was, they were ground-based, right? They were kind of landlocked. They didn't go into space. They didn't know what Jupiter looked like. They didn't know what Saturn looked like. No, that's, that's, it, just, it, the, that's just the agreed upon history. Let's clear that right, right away. We have right. stars. So, we're <laughs> we have these no, We have this knowledge about these energies we have these correlations between the energies and the what we see in the heavens because we came from there. 
honestly, that's why I think we're doing magic is to remember where we came from. I believe that's part of it. I also believe that they didn't have Netflix. So <laughs> at night they would watch the sky and they're like, well, this is what's going on in the tribe right now. This seems to be, there seems to be a, lo- a lot of confusion when it comes to communication. And the elders were sitting out by the campfire going, that, that star, that light up there seems to be going the opposite direction. So that makes sense. And that's how they, I think they kind of started to equate it. Because also thinking about it from perspective, Yes, I also believe that there's a possibility we are, we came from another in another planet, even if it's just our intelligence that it's from somewhere else. But perspective-wise, you have to be on Earth to see how Jupiter is moving or how Mercury is moving, in you know from our point of view to understand that it's going backwards, so it's retrograde. The thing that so. um, really made me feel like okay, this was something that they've just encoded into a system to help us wake up later is the idea that some of these planets are really doing things that go along with the description of the personalities, the, the personas that they give to Mm. the energy, like especially Jupiter. So Jupiter as a physical planet literally protects earth by pulling things Mm -hmm. into itself. Right. And it also is like this huge humongous planet in our system. It's the biggest one in our solar system and Jupiter has this energy of being benevolent and Mm -hmm. granting, you know, abundance and prosperity and excess, but also like really giving you a lot in your life, giving you opportunity and luck. And that's what the planet literally does for our planet. And so I think there are some things that are, they're encoded in the system. Basically, and when you start working with the planets intentionally, whether it's with mantra or with magic or with both, you start to uncover these parallels and and you get chills because or at least I do. I get chills because I'm like, I feel like I'm remembering. I feel like I'm listening to a teacher from a very, very long time ago who didn't have a lot of time, who didn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of um, ways of explaining it to uh people who weren't quite ready to receive it but wanted them to remember (laughs) enough that the story would get passed down and honestly when you look at the histories of the two astrological systems right the vedic system and then the tropical astrology system uh their origins are really misty they're like they're Mm -hmm. lost in the mists of time they can't explain exactly when they happened and there's all these civilizations tied into both of them that also are tied into this like mysterious Indo-European civilization that has the same language system that has been scattered to all of them, which a lot of people don't realize that, that these words have like really close similarities on opposite sides of Mesopotamia, like into the Indus river Valley and into the Nile river Valley. And that these people were in communication with each other and they're all working on the same system it's just they started to disintegrate and and become fragmented as the patriarchy took over i feel like roughly between six and ten thousand years ago right um yeah it's this is kind of on topic when it comes to how these things are kind of broken down like we as we have gotten to the point now where we communicate, we communicate a lot of ideas in one word, right? So mm-hmm. we say, when you, when I say the word guitar, you think of the sound that the guitar makes, you think of a band, you know, maybe specifically that comes to mind. And with, uh, especially with, uh, with energetic languages like Hindu or, um, with Sanskrit and Hebrew, um, you know, as you start, as a, as you start to study these things, you realize that each letter is symbolic of one whole thing. Right. So when you put the letters together, it becomes an entire idea that is that one thing. So Shiva, the S stands for something, the H stands for something, you know, it's yeah. like they, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a like a, a compact disc. How old am I? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a hard drive. It's a hard drive of information encoded inside of one symbol, which is the, right. Yeah, exactly. It's a wax cylinder. It's uh, so, you know, and I, yeah, I think when you take it to the other side, when you go to the Nile and you look at these images, 
you know, the, right. a lot of these hi hieroglyphs, it's the same type thing. Like what it's like a, a picture can have a picture is worth a thousand words and a word is worth a thousand pictures. It's, it's almost like there's this mirror of the exact same thing happening. And it's how, you know, that's how that they were at least communicated that we understand. Um, Cause you know, there's not a whole lot of papyri from, you know, 10,000 years ago from ancient Egypt. Those, they kind of, you know, it starts to fade and goes away. So the only thing that we have is kind of carved in stone. Unless you've um, been initiated in the mystery schools. Yeah. And then it's a transmission. Yeah. And those are kind of the only clues we have to the sound systems, but the sounds are the key to the magic practices. And even like Netflix documentaries will admit that, that they're like, Oh, there's something to do with the sound vibrations happening within the pyramids. It's really hard to explain, but when you're in the King's chamber, if you lay down, the resonance is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I wonder why those shafts are pointed straight at Sirius. It's like, it's so, it's so ridiculous how. Seems like this might be connected, guys. Yeah, the sound comes through. And, um, and I feel like, and, and you were talking about this before we started recording. When you start chanting certain mantras of these you literally feel the energy shift in different ways you feel it either come down from above and move through you or come up from below and move through you or swirl around you and being really mindful of what you're chanting when um, just as much as the words that you're chanting in and of themselves I think is important right and I think this is one of the reasons why people are so terrified of magic mm -hmm. at least people who are who have kind of a um uh, a fundamentalist view of it right. uh, because there is a literal way. I mean, <laughs> just from the perspective of go to a gigantic church somewhere in middle America and feel the energy when you've got somebody who has a big personality, you can feel it shift. You can feel the entire energy of the room and every person inside of it shift, mm -hmm. go to a football stadium, yeah. watch a game and you can feel somebody gets like one of the quarterback gets tackled and the energy completely shifts to the, you know, the opposite teams, um, uh, in their favor. Like yeah. this stuff, this stuff happens because of uh, there's an emotional resonance, obviously that comes along with it. And then there's also the, the verbal resonance that happens with the way that you shift other people's attention and our own attention. Well, I think so, anybody at, who's been to a rave or, or a place like Burning Man would be able right. to co like completely resonate, literally resonate because <laughs> When you are in those spaces where you feel the vibration of the music moving through you literally because the speakers are so big and the crowd is so dense and everybody's dancing and, and the DJ starts manipulating the crowd and the rhythms mm -hmm. start to change and everybody starts to literally crouch down and get lower and get lower and get lower and they're waiting for that moment to jump and nobody has to tell them when it's not choreographed it's not a flash like the bass is going to drop guys don't worry <laughs> we're not all going to explode but um, yeah, I think there's this palpable energy that creates a different kind of high where um, I've talked to a lot of people who are, you know, over 30 now. And they're like, yeah, I don't even <laughs> need to take the drugs anymore. And I still feel it. I'm like, well, yeah, right. now you're just tapped in. Now you're just aware that you're an empath and you're picking up on what everybody else is feeling. But I do think that the sound has so much to do with it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there have also been studies about different frequencies and, you know, depending on where things fit, like the, um, God, now the word just fell out of my head. <laughs> the, uh, soul thing. soul. this is why we need a computer in front of me. Uh, solfeggio, solfeggio frequency. Mm -hmm. So there's like different tones and different pitches that actually have an effect on our, our body. So there's the, the lettering, the words themselves, and then there's the actual tones. Right. That can you know that can that can literally be used to destroy or multiply things. You know, if you use certain frequencies, it can you know we can use um, sonar frequencies to to detect something. Uh, that's the way bats work. Obviously, that's echolocation. Yeah. You can use a high enough pitched frequency to shatter glass. You tap a you tap a glass, and the singer starts to resonate at the same pitch, and then they shift it. The, sh the glass will shatter. It seems like magic, but it's like the frequencies are matched, and then it shifts. And the whole thing explodes. And, and that's so, really palpable magic because a lot of people don't realize that's all magic is, is shifting the energy, shifting the vibration. Literally. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, this is back to kind of one of the things we were just talking about with, um, with uh, just the fact that we're in retrograde right now. 
listening to a lot of Graham Hancock, where I think a lot of people nowadays are aware that we, and just knowing that we're in the age of going into the age of Aquarius, we are in the procession, right? right. So we're kind of moving, we're moving backwards from the way that we normally see the, uh, the Zodiac as it appears in the sky. There seems to be, you know, we come into this world, we, we forget obviously almost immediately when we're here because we we're trying to, you know, make sure that we're breathing and trying to find a boob to suck on and do all the other things that we do as children. With our new human um, yeah. Well, newish, uh, they're probably, I don't know how used they are. They're, they're obviously recycled, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there's, um, there's this idea. It's almost like that Benjamin button idea of us learning backwards, you know, and it's, um, there's, there's a lot of the older we get, we have these past live. I, I think I'm sure that you've had a past life regression, something that I have yet to do, but, we remember things almost in reverse, but as soon as we remember them, it becomes completely integrated. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something, especially with magical systems as well. It's, it's this, you just need a small drop of something to remind you of where you came from, you know, what it is that kind of brings us back to, mm -hmm. to why we're here. Um, we, I think one of the big questions is like, what's the purpose of life? And it's, it's almost like we're handed, we, we sign a contract before we come down, all of the stuff is there. And it's kind of like, all right, hopefully I can remember as much of this as possible before, you know, before I kick it again at the, at the end of this life, this life cycle. So yeah. completely tangential has absolutely nothing to do with anything. It was no, just it, a thought that I wanted does. to put out there. In terms of retrograde, it does, because when you're, when right. you're reviewing things, it's like every time, any retrograde comes up, it's time to review that area of your life. So Venus goes into mm -hmm. retrograde. Figure out if you're really pursuing what you love. If what you love is shifted in some form or fashion, like if Mars goes into retrograde, how are you using your energy? Are you using mm -hmm. it in a productive way? Are you using it in an aggressive way? Are you using it to protect what you love? Um, if you If you see Saturn go retrograde, oh, it's like, now it's really time to review the work you're doing. Like, are you getting the lesson? Are you getting the lesson? Mm -hmm. If you're not getting the lesson, then it's, it's time to wake up. Um, and a lot of people, I think, give Saturn a bad rap because they're like, oh, it's so harsh when it comes around. And Saturn's my boy. He's like, I don't know what it is, but I've always felt an attraction to that planet. And I've always, um, I mean, like the symbols tattooed on me at the base of the alchemical recipe I created for myself at the end of my Saturn return. <laughs> <laughs> so I tattooed it on myself as a reminder of like, this is where we begin. This is where the work begins. We find where our Saturn is on our astrological chart. And I'm happy to do a reading for anybody who wants that. And you look at what house he's in and what sign he's in and who he's standing next to and who he's opposite from. And like it, it shifts because it's all this life purpose energy. And if you're totally out of alignment with Saturn, chanting the Saturn mantra will help make the energy feel more gentle, but only because you're shifting your vibration into alignment with the planet of Saturn. And right. So yeah, it's like, not like it's gonna. It's not gonna solve anything. It's. No. I mean, it will. It will definitely ease the energetic yeah. of it, though. That's something that's very useful for any of these things. Because I think it's also, again, it's whether it's in our mind or if it's in our body, which it is in our body. Because if we're, if you believe the way that I believe that the petals of the lotus vibrate that whatever it is that you're saying, that energetic is opened up more. Um, it becomes more present in in everyday life, yeah. you know, we're, you're more, again, that comes back to attention, right? It's like, are you, are you aware of what it is that you're doing? Are you listening to the universe when it's, it's kind of like gently nudging you? Like, are, do you want it to smack you in the face? Cause it will, you know, yeah. sometimes that's, that's what happens. And, um, that's not always fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can you definitely speak to that. For I can time. definitely yeah. speak to that. Yeah, I want to I want to say real quick before like we go too much further away from the planets and away from magic. Um, have you? Because I know I have. Have you felt like difficulties with a certain planet or out of alignment with a planet or as if the planet's energy is like working? in an area of your life that you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for that and used a mantra in order to a space that felt more aligned and more 
in tune with the universal energies? Uh, definitely, um, definitely Jupiter. I have most assuredly used the Jupiter mantra on a fairly regular basis. I actually, there's a, um, song that I've written that is, uh, part the, the Jupiter mantra and part, um, part, um, oh God, Skanda. Mm. It's part of a Skanda mantra. And it's, uh, Ooh, two lucky for, guys. Like, I know exactly. The song, the song is called good luck. <laughs> And that's part of it. It's like I, my entire life, I feel like I've been incredibly lucky. Um, I, it's not even always something that I want in life. Things are just kind of handed to me. And when I looked at my chart and saw exactly where Jupiter was in my chart, Jupiter is in Leo. So the way that the understanding of that is, is I'm really dynamic. I have a, a you know, I'm very charismatic. So Jupiter grants me a lot of things through other people. It's not always, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. Thank you very much, Jupiter. Well, that's, that's but it's combined with your Libra, right? Like Jupiter's expanding. Yes. Yeah. So like a, because of my communication, my ability to actually talk to people and, uh, you know, to connect easily. Um, so, but for that, I feel like a lot of that, the way that that energy works is I don't always get the things that I want. Or when I do get the things that I want, they don't turn out the way that I thought they were going <laughs> to be. So, <laughs> so I've, I've worked with Om um, Shri Guruve Namaha to, to help shift the other things around me so that I'm, you know, I'm taken care of, to be completely honest. A lot of the times I'm, I'm a hard worker. I do the things that I'm supposed to do, but with certain things in my life, it just doesn't work out. And the way that that has worked for me is people will come in and they'll go, Hey, let me give you a hand with that. Let me, let me point you in the direction. Let me show you something. There's, you know, I've, it has become a thing for me now with compasses. Mm -hmm. It started with you <laughs> and it is, it has continued on every single time I meet somebody who is going to have a big impact in my life. They're either wearing a compass. They have a compass tattooed on their body. They're holding a compass and a lantern because they're about to go into a cave. I don't know what the, the point is like, I, you start I'm to kind of see of where <laughs> <laughs> it's like, take a little bit of time, homie, just sit back, relax, chill in your room. Um, but you start to kind of see where, thank you, spirit. My our clock just went off and that's usually when, uh, I have a, a good idea in mind. Um, where it is that the universe is trying to point you. So good luck can come from anywhere. And obviously everybody has it in different ways. Some people are really good communicators and that's, th that would be considered mercury, but it's also an incredibly lucky thing to have to be able to express yourself in a, in a clear and direct way. So for me, that's a big one. And uh, I would say Saturn, but I think we all have kind of struggled with Saturn and we, you know, again, it's, it's a review process of like, where did I go wrong? Where was something that I possibly missed? And, uh, yeah. What about you? What's, uh, what's something that you've used planetarily that has been a big uh, benefit for you? Uh, it's interesting. I feel like, um, the sun was the first one I ever used. Uh, I remember giving you that mantra. Yeah. <laughs> so like intentionally, I should say that right. I did do the Gayatri mantra first and right. just didn't know what it was. And I also did, um, like the invocation that you do before you begin your yoga practice, mm -hmm. which technically has Jupiter in it. Right. But um, the first one I intentionally like used, used was Om Shri Suryaye Namaha. And I should have been saying Swaha because of mm -hmm. past Saturn return by that point, I think. Although mm -hmm. I might not have been, so we'll see. But um yeah, it, the sun, Surya, was like the biggest one for me. Um, learning to step into my light and step into my power and step into my authority and my ability to heal simply just by being a presence um, mm -hmm. without trying to shift and manipulate and micromanage, which I think can um, get in the way. Like with any magical practice, people are like, I think I know what's best. And the universe is like, actually stop trying to manifest that because it's not going to work. Um, right <laughs> like go for the big picture go for the the biggest craziest out there idea because whatever you imagine is still not even the most crazy whacked out idea that the universe can come up with for you because right where our minds are so focused on 
the small details and they're like oh just so you know <laughs> tony robbins can happen <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like and maybe maybe you weren't the tony robbins person maybe you're the high school teacher that talked to him right mm-hmm. and being able to accept that we all have our roles to play and that we all have the ability to change the world, no matter what that is, whether you're the teacher who talks to the student who goes on to become this guru for thousands and thousands of people, or whether you're one of those people who is the first one to listen to that person who's going to become Mm -hmm. the guru and give them the confidence they need in order to pursue that path or maybe you're the person to create the ashram that they will come and stay at like whatever it is we all have our role and i think that's something else that the planets can teach us is they all have their role and they're all perfectly content doing it and that's why they are such a huge force in our lives is they've fully accepted like this is the energy that i bring to people mm-hmm. and i think that yeah oh go ahead I was just going to say that's uh, that is it's a hard thing to kind of accept as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a session with uh, with a friend of mine um, earlier this week, and uh, we're talking about uh, you know business stuff and and uh, you know the fact that you know working with people I like I love what I do I absolutely love being a healer and a massage therapist and I was like you know just give me some insight on on my business and she was like okay and uh, got really quiet you know started the session she goes. <laughs> Okay. Are you, um, are you willing to accept being completely poor doing what it is that you do? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I know that's a tough question to answer. And she goes, are you willing to accept that you could be rich beyond your wildest dreams doing what you do? And it's like, again, this comes back to the Tantra. It was like, Oh, it's not, that I have to have an expectation of being the ascetic who's completely broke or being the person who's, who's absolutely rich. It's saying this, you're looking, this is your, this is what you're doing. This is your goal. And this is where you're going. And you realize that there's a path and there's a place where you're going to get no matter what the goal is not to be rich and it's not to be poor and hungry. The goal is to be the best possible, whatever this thing is that you're setting the intention to do. Right. Are you going to be okay in either of those roles? And it's like, well, if you're following your path and you're following the energy that's inside of you, then yeah, you're going to be successful no matter what it is, you know? Because it, we have to redefine success. And that's exactly. a whole magical practice in and of itself, which we can do on another podcast. But Right. Yeah. So, but what that comes back to is like, just like you're saying, like the path itself is going to get you to where you need to go. I, you know, you may not become a rich and famous musician, but whatever you're doing may lead you to another person who helps you to, to have success in some other way. Like you may end up becoming a producer. You may become a songwriter for other people. You know, you may be writing music that you're not performing, but somebody else is performing. I mean, Bernie so, Tobin and Elton John did it. Exactly. Yeah. So th- I think being open to being open to the path itself is is hard to ex- a lot of the times because. When we're kids, we set these grandiose ideas about what it is that we want to do. I wanted to be an actor. I fucking love Tom Hanks. I, you know, I've, I always was like, I want to be in a Forrest Gump type movie. I want to win two back-to-back Oscars. And as much as, like, even when I was a theater major, I, I loved doing what I was doing. But I was like, I'm not the best at this. You know, there's still other people that are, that are, that are better at, as an actor than I am. Um, but being me. And just being in front of people and talking and being a teacher, that is something that is kind of in the same vein, right? You learn how to be a presence. You learn how to hold your energy. You learn how to, to direct people in the way that I always said, like, I liked being an actor. I liked being in, in film production because you are literally directing people's emotions. You're helping them to feel things that they might not want to feel. They may be uncomfortable with. And as a body worker, that is exactly what I'm doing. I do body work for emotional healing. So people come in who have had, you know, traumatic pasts or, or who are dealing with, you know, um, abandonment issues from when they were a kid. And I'm helping them look at those places where, you know, they haven't wanted to look in a long time. It's those dark corners that they've been ignoring. And I'm literally doing the exact same thing I, was, I wanted to do as a kid, as an actor, by helping to... Um, incite emotion in people, whether it's sadness or happiness, but it's in a completely different path. It was something that I did not expect to happen. And now here I am, you know, and I feel very fulfilled in the work that I do. I absolutely love what I do. And that's 
I think part of that is also you opening up to the possibility of not doing what you've thought you loved. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. You, I want to go. Thanks back. for tying it back around. <laughs> I am going to be on top of this this time. Like we're in retrograde. I'm really reviewing all of our words. Um, That's good. Especially listening to that first podcast. If you guys haven't gone over and checked out the secret podcast that's up on our Patreons, it's mm-hmm. hilarious. I think we were probably <laughs> high. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I remember <laughs> Chris and you and me standing on the porch beforehand. So okay, vaguely, yeah. All right, I, I kind of remember. Not that as, as well. bad as the time we all ended up just singing like the entire one. I people are going to enjoy that secret episode. Yeah, I, I dropped out about 45 minutes in and just listened to y'all. I think at that point, yeah. but that was a, that was a much later podcast. The first one that is posted is very good, and you get to kind of see exactly where we came from too, yeah. and how we got to where we are. So, if you are interested in hearing. A little bit of backstory and seeing what happened five years ago, how we had our first like long form conversation. Please go and check it out. It's uh, it's posted on Amy's Patreon at the moment. It will be posted on mine. We'll be uh, adding new material as we move along. Yeah. So. so each week we're going to be doing this podcast of Mantra and Magic yep. for everybody for wonderfully reasonable uh, fee. You can get secret episodes <laughs> yeah. on Patreon and I think, I mean, eventually they'll be getting mantras too and attunements and we'll be able Mm -hmm. to do polls and take requests and say like, what do you want to hear? Like maybe they heard you talking about, you know, the emotional healing work and they want a whole secret episode on just that. Maybe they heard me say something about um, something that I do with eclectic witchcraft and they're like, oh, I want to get into that. And we can do that. And we're so more than happy to do that because we don't have enough time on these normal podcasts to talk about all the things. Um, but I, I, before we get off, cause I will be very mindful and <laughs> review our time. <laughs> let's talk about, let's just say the chant for each planet. So in case they don't yeah. get a chance to hop on over to Patreon and I'll, I'll try to include it in the show notes too. Um, that way you can hear it at least for yourself. And if you need to pause and rewind, you can go back and just kind of pick up the sounds because it's really the sounds that activate it. Um, ohm is the, always going to be the beginning. Uh, oh, I know, such a good ohm. Yeah, uh, ohm is, how would you put it? Uh, Ohm is, is the universal mind. It's, it's the sound vibration of everything. It's the seed sound for the, the, uh, third eye. It is, I I mean, if you start breaking it down, literally just means like the beginning to me. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's just kind of like praise. It's like, what up? (laughs) So it's the, it's what starts it because it's what started the universe. It was the first. Yes. Um, and then Shri is in all of them and Shri is the feminine principle. Mm-hmm. and true feminine yeah so it's i feel like um for anybody who's not familiar with hindu myth- mythology uh any masculine deity has to have a feminine deity in order for his power to work which i think is phenomenal <laughs> um and if the deity <laughs> is androgynous or um hermaphroditic yeah hermaphrod i don't know how to say that they're hermaphroditic? both yeah hermaphroditic mm-hmm. um then they don't need any external sources. They just like are unto themselves. But if they are a masculine uh, God, say Shiva or Vishnu or Brahma or any of them, they have to have a Shakti, a feminine principle, Lakshmi, Satisvati, Parvati, Kali. So they're um, the way that the mantras work is the same guiding principle. doesn't matter if the planet is masculine or feminine, the planetary energy needs the feminine Shakti act. Activating it, like we talk about Kundalini being activated in the body, this is kind of like activating the Kundalini of the mantra itself. So you'll always say Om, the beginning, Shri, the power going into it, and then the planets. So, um, do you would you say everybody should stick to Namaha just for simplicity, or? Yeah, I mean, there's. The older you get, the energetic shifts. It's like as our kundalini rises, the older we get, our kundalini is also doing the same thing throughout our entire lives. It might be a slow process, like magic work and yogic work is to try to get it to rise while we're actually doing the practice. 
um, and where the energy actually lies with Swaha or Namaha has to do with where that energy is shifted once your Saturn returns has come up. So Namaha is for anyone that is uh, younger than 28 on certain mantras. That is not a hard and fast rule. It's true. Um, like Durga and Ganesh. Yeah. Exactly. So Namaha is the ending for those mantras, just because, again, we'll, this is a lot deeper and a lot more esoteric. It's how the energetic uh, works inside the chakras. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I would stick with Namaha for the most part. Uh, Swaha, once you get a little more comfortable with it, and you'll, st- you'll actually start to see the more that you work with these mantras, you will, you will feel an energetic shift. If you end it with Namaha or you end it with Swaha, you'll feel it in a different place in your body. Right. So, right. yeah. So start with Namaha, I would say, and then uh, move from there. Because the way that I've found it referenced, and this is mostly from Thomas Ashley Ferran, but I did look it up on the internet as well. Um, all of them end in all the planets, mantras end in Namaha except Saturn. Saturn and mm-hmm. Swaha. Just well, it ends in Swaha after 28. Right. So right. that, yeah. But they're not so, listed any other way. Like the rest of them are listed as Namaha. Yes. And I think before, I know that we're, we're trying to get a, a relatively short one tonight too. Uh, but before we go uh, into the actual names of the planets, mm-hmm. I want to say that each of the planets is also associated with uh, different parts of our body right right so like there are different bodily systems or different uh different areas of our body that the the um the planets are connected to so we'll probably touch on a little bit of that as we go forward but it's not you know we're, we're already <laughs> where are we at 41 yes. minutes in and i know you want to go to bed because you've got two babies that are going to get up in the I morning do. So. um so yeah these are aren't just mantras to attune yourself to the planets when you're doing magic or when you're learning astrology or whatever. They're also like you pointed out, Jeremy, they are healing mantras because they relate Mm -hmm. to different parts of our body. And just like we talked about, it's sound healing. You're literally doing magic on yourself. You're doing energy work on yourself when you chant these. And so they'll affect different areas. So the sun is Surya. Mm -hmm. And when you chant it, you make it Surya. Yay. Correct. Mm-hmm. So almost all of them, you'll end with a yay. And why not? Because it's, <laughs> it's making it fun and, and throwing in that kind of childlike joy that I think helps manifest so many things. Like if you can feel like a yay when you're doing your magic, <laughs> great. They're so smart. I love these yogis. They're so smart. So Om Shri Suryaye Namaha mm-hmm. for the sun. And what would you use this for as a, as a body worker, as a healer? When would you do this for people? Well, the sun is connected to a lot of different things. It's connected to our eyes, depending on which sun mantra you're using. There's something to clear eyes. There's something to clear the, uh, our actual third eye vision. It's connected to the heart, the spine, uh, anything that's kind of an energetic, anything that would be like light that's moving through our system. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, if you feel like you're in darkness using, using uh the sun any of the sun mantras to to have you to be a little bit more guided in whatever direction you're wanting to uh for your for understanding at least from that from the you know from the head standpoint if you can see it or you're going to be thinking about it i would use the sun mantra for something along those lines cool yeah um next one is the moon chandra and chandra when you're chanting it is chandraye or if you can't roll your R's, Chandraye. <laughs> <laughs> Chandraye Namaha. Om Shri Chandraye Namaha. And I, I actually really love to do this mantra during the new moon and the full moon because I feel like it just amplifies whatever energy is going on with the moon at that time. So I'll throw it in with whatever mix of mantras I'm doing for that particular ritual. Yeah, anything that if you feel kind of bipolar in, if you feel like you're, you know, things that are shifting relatively quickly because the moon out of all of the of the heavenly bodies is the thing that moves the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you're having any trouble with that type of stuff, using a, a moon mantra is going to be helpful. Um, when it comes to our physical body, the things that they are connected to, the moon is connected to our gastric processes, so things that are consistently moving in our system. Breasts, milk, uh, are the uh, lymphatic system, non-blood fluid systems that are in our body, like perspiration or saliva, and the sympathetic nervous system. So the, the, fight, uh, the fight or the flight response. Okay, cool. 
So yeah. it will it bring you back into your parasympathetic state then? It it definitely can help because you're tr- if it's something that's shifting quickly, then it's going to help you to try to find a middle. It's going to help you find a balance. Awesome. Yeah. Would it also? I feel like this mantra as well as Venus and Mars. Like if you combine them, it almost um, helps with emotions too. Like whichever one resonates with your emotional body. Um, right. But like beyond the physical body, like the actual emotional body could benefit from the moon mantra. Yes. Okay. Cool. Om Shri Buddhaya Namaha. So Buddhaya is Venus. That's Mercury. Oh, I'm Buddhaya so Namaha. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, my mind like is skipping over Mercury on so many levels today. I want to apologize to Mercury. <laughs> Sorry, Mercury. Sorry. Um, I just, I'm wanting to go straight to Venus and it's because I love her. So, um, but I love Mercury too because my mind never stops. Hashtag Gemini rising, Virgo sun. So um, if you feel like your mind is literally running around in circles all of the time, or if you're feeling like you're stumbling with words or like your throat chakra is closed or too open, um, like you're talking too much, but nobody's listening. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, chanting with Mercury, Budaya will be really helpful. Yeah, if you're a presenter, if you're a teacher, um, if you're a salesman, you know, like anything when it comes to communication, this is very helpful because it's it it helps you to communicate more clearly. Like it is, it literally. This is also a really helpful one for me when I'm working with people that have throat chakra issues. Um, people who have repressed emotions, you know, being able to give them the words to actually express how they're feeling. A Mercury mantra is fantastic for that. Um, and again, if you're, if you're a writer, you know, anything that where you're trying to communicate your ideas and get your thoughts out onto paper or out into uh, the public sector, this is, this is something that's really helpful. Yeah. And especially if you're doing soul writing, um, mm-hmm. where you're, you're trying to channel through from your highest self and your mentors and your guides, um, chanting this to just kind of bring you into alignment with them and bring your mind into alignment with your highest self can be very, very helpful. I mean, you can do Om Guru, Om Guru as well, but doing the Mercury mantra, Om Shri Buddhaya Namaha, is going to help those words flow through you. Right. Um, okay. Now Venus, <laughs> um, how do you say her name? Om Shri Shukraya Namaha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shukraya. I always feel like I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> Shukraya. Shukraya. Um, so this one, of course, is going to relate to, uh, all the things that have to relate to Venus, which goes beyond just romantic love. It goes to loving your pets, to loving your house, to loving your car and your job, to loving the taste of your favorite food and the feeling of a warm bath. Like everything that Venus rules um, will be affected by the way that you chant this mantra. And if you feel like you aren't experiencing a lot of love, um, especially like self-love, this is really useful. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a big thing too, for people who have um, issues with their sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. If there's, if you have trouble connecting with other people, you have trouble connecting with yourself. If you feel kind of like you have a bit of a dissociation, this is a fantastic mantra for that. It's non-sexual, but with the, uh, with the sacrum, it's again, it's like being able to understand like pleasure in life. It's not about pleasure in sex. It's part of it, but it's, that's not like, that's not necessarily the focus. So right. being able to being able to re-embody is incredibly important, especially for people who are who have had some type of trauma. And uh, and that is one of the one of the ways that we connect with the world is through our sacrum. So using this mantra uh, as a male or a female is a, is a good way to kind of get back in touch with uh, with yourself. Your I don't want to necessarily say your emotional body, but like how you interact with the, the things around you, the things that you love, like you said, the uh, having good, safe boundaries. It's a very important thing. That's another thing that Venus teaches us so that you don't become overly obsessed with whatever the object of your desire is. Right. And, so. and learning also, I feel like um, to 
release attachment to your desires could be Mm -hmm. uh, benefited by this mantra. So if you're trying to manifest something like um, a lot of people have been talking recently about relationship stuff because we've just gone past Valentine's Day and everybody gets really triggered by that holiday. Um, There's so many people who I've met that are like, I just want to meet the one. I just want to meet my person. (laughs) But they have to have this and they have to look like that and they have to have this job. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Like maybe they won't, maybe your person is very different from what you're expecting because your ego is way too involved and you're not listening to your unconscious desires. And maybe you keep manifesting that person who can't keep down, can't tie down a job. Maybe you keep manifesting that person who's just like really codependent and really unable to make their own decisions and relies too much on you. And it's an energetic drain, like whatever it is, your unconscious is manifesting that because you haven't learned the, the lesson yet right so being able to say like i'm going to really face up to my desires like i've literally created my life up until this point i'm going to take responsibility for what it is that i desire and clearly i'm desiring being either single or broke or overworked or whatever it is right you're (laughs) you've desired this because you wanted to grow and so being able to say like this is my desire right now where i'm at and as my desire shifts, so on my life. Right. And so shifting your desire and then shifting your magic with shukraye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, next planet. This one I actually, I have to work on a lot. And so I started looking him up quite a bit after the last uh, natal chart reading I did, the astrology reading I did, because I am working on how I operate with Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kaye was like rolling off my tongue earlier today. Um, Om Shri Kaye Namaha. And Mars is our energy. Where in our body does that manifest? Solar plexus. <laughs> <laughs> it's connected to our adrenal glands. It's connected to our will, which is a very, very important one when it comes to magic work, when it comes to any type of energy work. Uh, you have to make sure that you're keeping your fire stoked and you have to make sure that you don't have any energetic leakages. So uh, Mars, I also see as kind of having a bit of a correlate with Hanuman. I mean, he's all about devotion, but that's, you know, that is also, he's a fast monkey, you know, he's like, that is what we are. We are, and, and being able to kind of like work with those two things together, I think for athletes, that's a big one. Um, if you really care about something, you know, if there's something that you are devoted to, you're going to make sure that you have a single uh, pointed focus. And that's, you want to make sure that you have the energy to do that. So I feel uh, like working, you would tie Venus in with that. Cause that feels a lot. Well, like that's the other side. Yeah. That's the Tantra. That's how the whole Mars and Venus thing. It's like, what do you really love? What are you really connected to? And then what are you putting your energy and how are you directing it? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, that's the dual idea of male and female energy in the first place it's like you know yeah <laughs> the, the hammer the hammer versus the the arm that's swinging well yeah know? we'll do a tantra one and i mean that's that's the Ex- yeah. that we were talking about earlier but something else that you said that i want to touch base on again is making sure your energy is not getting drained so mars really right. helps you set boundaries it really mm-hmm. helps you be able to step back and say like okay these people are asking me this and out of the goodness of my heart out of compassion out of venus i really want to offer it to them but mars is going to step in and say hey excuse you you can't say yes right now because you've already agreed to these other things and the more things you say yes to the more things you say no to as well mm-hmm. and being able to really hold that power of no in a way that serves everyone because that's what the ultimate warrior does right he protects the boundary right um and and as well as like going out and seeking what he wants i always associate this with virabhadra um the warrior that shiva calls up and out to ultimately destroy the king who's offended him and um (laughs) and warrior one two and three in yoga virabhadrasana a b and c they i think when you're if you hold that pose and you chant Om Shri Angarakaye Namaha, all of a sudden you've got this other kind of warrior energy and you can literally slice off the head of any demon you come across internally. So like anything that's coming up within you that's 
just not useful anymore. And being able to also use it in terms of like the warriors and you would relate to this of the angels, right? Those mm-hmm. clearing swords, like asking right. Michael to come in and just say like, Hey, I've got some energetic cords and I don't even know who they're going to. Like, I don't know who I gave my energy to over the past couple of years, but clearly someone's still using it. Yeah. It's the forge. It's literally like you're getting rid of any type of impurity. So let's clear out all the bad stuff so that the sword is, you know, able to cut down a tree or whatever it is that you're, you're using your direct energy. for. Yeah. And so being able to ask Mars to help you set those boundaries around yourself on every level, physical, emotional, mental, and energetic and etheric and say like, this is my energy space and it's my energy and I'm going to use my energy for good, for my like productiveness, for my learning, for my growth, as opposed to spread, like spreading my energy too thin and, and surviving instead of thriving. That's right. Don't you carry stones in your bowl of light? (laughs) Speaking of bowls of light and thriving, Jupiter, good up, Yeah, that's my boy. He's Mr. Abundance. I always picture him kind of like a cross between Santa Claus and um, a, a pagan deity uh, that is associated with um, like that time of year, the Holly King, <laughs> where like <laughs> you can get a little too drunk and then bad stuff happens because he's so big, he just like smashes trees. Um, and so, but he wants to give you presents. So he's like coming through the forest and you're like, oh no, grandpa's drunk again. So, <laughs> <laughs> getting into that space of Jupiter teaches us boundaries as well because mm-hmm. it's all of that beautiful bountiful blissful energy coming in but you have to know how to channel it you have to know how to hold it in your sacred container and we can talk about creating those containers in sacred space again on another podcast but um, right uh jupiter Om Sri Gurudev Namaha. Uh, yeah, Jupiter is, uh, like you said, he's, he does a lot. You know, he takes care of a lot of things. He's constantly, you know, swatting meteorites and, or, or asteroids and meteors out of, the, out of our path. And uh, it's associated, um, Jupiter is associated with our liver, mm-hmm. which is, you know, yeah. does so much to keep us healthy. So energetically, if you're having some problems when it comes to like over drinking or overindulging in certain things, again, there's, we we're looking at all of the good things in life that Jupiter is giving us yeah. being able to kind of work with him. And like you said, to set a little bit of boundaries, really all of the planets, everything is about boundaries. Right. You've got a tantric spectrum that you want to make sure that you're somewhere in the middle. Right. But, um, with Jupiter, uh, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that you're reigning back sometimes. Sometimes that's what you want to abstain. You know, if you want to do a little fasting, Jupiter is also a big part of that. If you're if you're wanting to to give some things up and uh, and to learn a, a lesson from whatever it is that you're letting go of, mm-hmm. Jupiter can definitely help with that. That's a that's a great mantra. Yeah, yeah. I I think also for people who are, you know, moving into sobriety and who are recovering mm-hmm. from addictions of any kind, like Jupiter governs that. Because right. he is the, the teacher of it. He's the one who's been through it. And he's detoxed himself. Like you said, he rules the liver. So mm-hmm. if you're in a space where you're, you're learning how to have abundance without the addiction, like how to be able to fully enjoy life and really f- infuse your life with joy, then Jupiter is your boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that rhymed. Oh, there we go. He's he's enjoying this. (laughs) Okay, but now we have to get serious. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Here comes old old Capricorn. Here comes old Grandpa. Oh, I love Saturn. I think because I am... It's weird. I have Saturn in Sagittarius. Jupiter rules Sagittarius. And so it's like I have an abundance of Saturn (laughs) in my personality. (laughs) But I'm also constantly wanting to learn about Saturn and how Saturn works. And so this mantra for anybody going through their Saturn return right now is going to be so, so helpful and so, so wonderful when it comes to just aha moments and moments of synchronicity and aligning yourself to the flow so that you aren't, you know, kind of blindsided the way that Saturn and the tower card in the tarot can kind of do to you during that time. Um, 
but also so that you're really aware of the lessons. Because I think a lot of people go through their Saturn return and they have no clue what's going on. And then six years, seven years later, they're like, oh, that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas chanting Om Shri Shanayeshwaraye Swaha, right? Did I say that right? Om Shri Shaneshwaraye Namaha or Swaha. Yeah. Swaha. But yeah. Shaneshwaraye. Yeah. Shaneshwaraye. Yeah. So so Saturn is uh is related to some of the things that we don't really think about. Um it's it's related to the spleen. And you know, that is a big part of our uh, another big part of our detox system. It's a big lymph node that is helping us like the tiny, tiny, tiny aspects of our body that you know, we're helping to kind of keep it clean, to keep everything running. It's a workhorse. You know, we don't really think about our lymph system and what it actually does to keep us going. But if you start to have issues with it, you will definitely notice it, right? So again, that's another one of those lessons. If you're not taking care of the little details, Saturn is going to remind you of that. So it's whether, whatever, whatever it is that we're doing in our daily life, the way that we eat, the way that we exercise, we want to make sure that our lymph system is working properly. You want to make sure that you've got all of your I's dotted and all of your T's crossed. Sometimes you can kind of let things go by the wayside and you might learn the lesson. It might be a gentle smack or it might be a hard smack like we talked about. Yeah. Um, but Saturn is, uh, Saturn is a good one to check in at any age. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. Working with Saturn is, uh, is great to help you stay on track with whatever your life goals are, because again, Saturn is also, um, it's related to Capricorn and Capricorn is the oldest earth sign. So if we look at the earth signs from Taurus, Taurus is the, we're here, we're enjoying life. We're enjoying food. We're, we're, we're grounded and we can get some stuff done, but it's a quick moving earth. You move into Virgo, it's nurturing, it's loving, it's caring, it's making sure that you've got life and it's serving. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's worried about everything around. Capricorn is looking at it from the astrological uh, chart is coming out of Sagittarius, who is the oldest fire sign. Who was like, I've got my bindle and I've got my dog and I'm going to go check and see what's on the other side of that mountain. Capricorn has come back from the other side of that mountain. And he's like, it sucks to stay at home and relax. Okay. Everybody, you, it's the old grandpa. It's old grandpa energy. It's like the oldest earth. Right. So, I think it's also, <laughs> I mean, and that I, I, I would, I would argue that it's also when you look at, at the actual astrological representation of it, the sea goat, it's right. this being that's able to go to the deepest depths, right? They can swim and go to the highest heights, climbing the mountain. Right. The goat climbs the mountain. Yes. So it's like they've been through the lows and the highs and they're able to find the balance, which is what all of these mantras want to do. It's what all of these planets want you to do. And what Saturn ultimately wants you to do is to be able to live a life that is responsible so that you can enjoy it. That it's true. And I was being glib. So that you have a no list left. <laughs> yes. I was being glib and I apologize for that. Saturn, please do not, please do not smack me in the face. Well, um, I've also got like a Saturn force in your life. Every, uh, dude, I have got so many earth signs in my life. It is unbelievable. <laughs> So as a, I have a, my Capricorn rising, it's, it's the same thing. Like yeah. I'm moving towards becoming the goat. Like I'm right. I'm a, I'm a Libra with a cap rising. So I am, I'm learning to find that balance. I'm learning to find the extremes of highs and lows. And that's, believe me, that is what my life has been. So and we can talk about that at some point too. I'm so excited to get uh, onto, get to a podcast where we're talking about um, tarot aspects with magic and mantra yeah. and like our astrological charts. Oh, so, I love the fact that we're doing this, by the way. Can I just say that too? Thank you so much for, for being the earth sign that's, uh, that poked me. Oh, well, to, to it helps here. that I have air and that not only do I have air, I have Jupiter in that air. <laughs> but, mm. um, Jupiter and Ascendant are conjunct. So that means... I never thought about that. We actually are inverted. You're yeah. earth and air and I'm air and earth. Mm. So I'm working towards... Um, expanding my voice and expanding um, how that voice is used to help people because the Virgo wants to do that. Um, so 
magic happening right now manifesting as we create because it's not just about sitting there and staring at your vision board and hoping that it comes to you it's about going outside (laughs) of your house and doing the thing or staying inside your house and looking at your vision board as you record a podcast but (laughs) yeah we all work in different ways we're all working in different ways (laughs) just some of us work in pajamas um And on that note, <laughs> on that note, go to our Patreon, check out the fun next behind the scenes, long, long time ago. Well, it feels like forever, but it's only five years episode that Jerry and I recorded. And eventually we'll get to the one that's about how I met Anton. And it's like the whole freaking story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so good. But yeah, stay tuned for more mantras, more magic. And I don't know. We haven't figured out a closing yet. This is exciting. <sighs> I know. I kind of, I feel like I just want to own, but that's just like, it's like the end of yoga. You know, we will figure it out. We'll find, we'll a, a, find mantra a mantra that is a good closing. We will find yeah. a closing mantra. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. For now. Thank you, brother. Love you, sister. Bye. Bye. Bye.